Welcome to More Business, More Life podcast. I'm your host, Steve Napoliton. This show is for C-level executives, entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, and speakers who have found success, but they don't have the life that they want. On this weekly show, we're going to be talking about business skills to have more business while we design our ideal life and have more life. More business, more life without sacrifice. Welcome to the show. Welcome to More Business, More Life podcast. And today I've got a special guest, a friend, blast from the past when I lived in Sydney. Uh, and his name's Anthony Chan Smooth. And he is a marketer like myself. We have deep background in that. But we are going to spend a lot of time talking about more business and more life and specifically the energy of the things that we do, the things that we eat, the things that we drink, the way that we sleep, the way that we structure our relationships and our time and our calendar, and how we can have more abundance in the way we want. And Anthony is going to share how it was before and what he's doing now so that he can have more of that right now. So I'm super excited. Let's get into this. Anthony, it's so amazing to have you on here on the show and we get to wear our, our cool hats together. <laughs> the hat party is officially begun. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Here, here we are. It's my pleasure. You know, every time I think of you, I just smile. Like I just, you're one of those guys if you hang out a little bit or a lot, it, it doesn't matter. Like what you are going to do is you're going to have fun. We're going to laugh. And, and that's uh, just one of the things I think about with you, brother. Yeah. I was just saying like before we started to record, just my memories of you are just, you know, laughing a lot, man. Like we just clicked like that when we met for the first time at a, you know, at an event here in Sydney and through a mutual mentor. And, 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 and that was just like, Hey man, I got to hang, hang out with this guy. Uh, just for whatever reason, there's a kindred spirit, you know, yeah. and it's just like, uh, and we did that. And, and it was just amazing to be able to, to, to have that time together. And even though we are, you know, oceans apart, literally, I just have fond memories of, of who you are and who you've become as well. I've been tracking sort of you know, from afar, but but definitely in my awareness of the work that you do. And, and we have, you know, uh, introduced a couple of friends to you who have become clients, and I'm so happy that's happened. Uh, and I think that's, you know, just a mark of, of tremendous spirit that you are and how we connect, because I think that's um, the, the power in this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I think through this whole idea of more business and more life, a big part of it is the people that you surround yourself with, right? Like if we're going to have more life, then choosing, you know, who we spend time with. It's, it's, re it's really, really, really important, you know? So it's, um, and I think like you said, it's that kindred spirit, like some, uh, like most of the people that I find that are like this, it's just, it's natural. Like, you know, the universe just kind of points that direction. It's like, wow, look at this person. And then you also can see the ones you're like, whoa, maybe I don't want to spend time here, you know, but it, do you have like a specific way you do it? Is it just a feeling or like, um, just sticking on this topic for a second, like how do you choose where you spend your time with other people? That's a really great question. And I was literally thinking about that this week when I wrote my uh, a newsletter um, to my email list uh, and audience. And, and one of the things that, because I was reflecting upon 2020 and of course, you know, the, the challenges, but also the opportunities that came from that, the pandemic. And, and one of the, the, the key points that I noted was uh, it really was an opportunity for us to take stock in terms of who we want to surround ourselves with, who lifts us up, who inspires us, who motivates us. And, you know, like you and I, when we were together here in Sydney, we were at events literally every day, you know, two, three events a week or whatever, like every day perhaps. And, um, 
and that was removed. So one of the things I did miss tremendously was being able to network with people and, and show up in the space and do talks and uh, all of that. Uh, but then I, I had to think about that. I, and I really, you know, what I, I realized was a lot of those people aren't like, they're nice to, to connect in that space, but they're not real friendships. They're not real long-term, I guess, uh, relationships. And, and uh, re- realistically, uh, it's important to to make sure that, you know, you're showing up as yourself, your, I guess, your best version of yourself for the right people. And there's only a certain amount of, of people where, where I have, for me, I, I think you're a bit different, but for me, I have the capacity to, to do so. Like I can't be the same person with everyone as much as I would like to be. There are just, for example, with my wife, I can only be the husband to that one single person. I can't be the husband to everyone else, <laughs> right? right. Um, and you, like, you know, you can only be a father to your kids. You're not going to be a father to everyone, everyone else's kids to the same degree. Like, like right. you can obviously bring certain elements of that. So to answer your question, I do have a filter. And I'm, I'm, the question I'm asking is, if I'm going to go out, I'm like, I'm beginning now to start networking again. I'm going to go back into the co-working spaces once sort of we pass lockdown. It's And even like this, I know you, you've probably a bit, seen it blow up circle right the uh, not circle the um clubhouse app right yeah. right now everyone's going crazy the marketers love it and i've deliberately chosen not to go in there because the question i'm asking is is that actually going to help me realize the relationships that i want to develop this year is it going to help me progress the business the way i want it to go uh, or is it or is it going to be hours and hours you know spent sitting on these calls and conversations that just are really a distraction and and because I already have you know relationships like the one I have with you, where I actually want to invest more in that in time with those people uh, and revive those relationships uh, and go deeper rather than wider, if that makes sense. Uh, and and so that's what it's all about for me. It's like who are the people that I know without without a thread of a doubt that when the time when when you know shit hits the fan or something is yeah. not there, I can give them a call and say, Hey, can we just have a chat? Can you help me out? Whatever it may be. And, and I know for you, like you're one of those people in my life. Right. Um, and there's, there's not too many of those people, you know, good or bad. That's just the way that I view it. Um, and, and, and that's kind of my, my quality over quantity r- rationale, I suppose. And so I've even today looked at my social media following and the numbers and all these sort of things. And we can get very, you know, being marketers, we can get very metrics driven around ego metrics or what they call vanity metrics, right? Like, right. yeah, I've got 10,000 followers. And it's like, yeah, but how many of those people have you met in real life and you've had a conversation with that you actually, that, you know, you can confidently say are actually really friends and mates who can support each other and those sort of things where you have real talk, not, not just like, you know, business talk, but real, hey, this is going on. This is, this is what's happening here, right? So... Yeah. And, you know, and even I love what you're saying and even just allowing the space to be what you're saying. So one thing around social media that I made it a point of, um, and I don't remember how long ago, but it's been years now. If anybody friend requests me or wants to follow, then I immediately start a conversation. Well, one, I look, do I really, do I know this person? Are there any connections? Cause you know, I'm obviously filtering for those people that, that are completely random and, and, uh, or, and, or like, you know, have some other agenda or what, what not. But once mm. I get past that filter, then I start a conversation with them. So I don't just like accept, accept, accept. And in fact, I'm backed up right now. There's like, I don't even know how many, it's a lot. Like, you know, I was just scrolling. It's definitely over 60 something, like probably maybe there's like a hundred people in queue right now. And I just made it a point to 
ask questions. So like, okay, I'll, I'll say yes. If I, if I go through the first filter and I'm like, okay, I know that they have similar friends here and maybe I know them. And so then I'm like, okay. And then I ask them, you know, one of my go-to is what are you most grateful for right now? Like what's the biggest thing? And cause obviously tra- choose gratitude, create freedom is like my mantra. Uh, but then I'll ask other questions like what's most important to you. I just, you know, I love what you're saying to go deeper. And I think it's, you know, for me, it's allowing the conversation to go there quicker, you know? So like, don't have to have that, that business. And even you're right about uh, clubhouse. It keeps coming up. And, you know, for me, it's like, okay, someone invited me to do a conversation on there. So I can do like a chunk of time, but I agree with you. Like if I start letting that consume more of my time and not having the depth of conversation like we're having right now, then obviously we have to manage our lives and where are we spending the majority of our time? You know, because I want to be as open. You know, my wife and I talk about this a lot. So uh, Jen and I will talk about like, you know, am I excluding people? You know, because she's like, hey, I want to be able to be open. So my philosophy is keep an open door. But then as it gets, like you said, as it gets deeper and I start spending abundance amount of time, then obviously the filter gets uh, more precise. If that makes, does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. And I think it's also a shift in paradigm I guess over the last decade or so, where especially now with, you know, things like the way technology is moving, you can have, you know, videos of Obama that were actually not Obama at all, like they're you know, deep fake, whatever they're calling them, um, and these sort of things. So what you see online isn't always, and you've got fake news, obviously Facebook has been slammed for that, um, and other social platforms, and, and so you, you can't trust everything that you read and see online. Uh, and so th- they've done research, and I'm sure you're aware, the surveys have, s- have shown that Generation Z or the younger generation, your kids' generation, they, they just don't trust at all. There's, there's a lot of like very minimal trust what they're seeing and reading online. That's why they prefer apps like TikTok and where, where the, the, you know, the, what they post it literally disappears overnight. So there's no record of it. And, and so what does that say? It basically says that the younger generations are moving away from, they do prefer privacy. They, they actually do value uh, having relationships that mean something. And, and so it's interesting because our generation sort of, you know, Gen X, Gen Y, uh, we grew up in this like learning all about the internet and all these sort of things. And, and wow, we can literally expand our, our network from you know, 10 mates here in, in, in Sydney or in, in, in San Fran to you know, a thousand overnight. Um, and then you realize, wait a minute, we've kind of crossed the threshold to where it, it's become really, uh, well, course, we call it a, a social network, but it's not uh, deep relationships, right? And that's what, what we're talking about here. And so we kind of swung the other way. COVID's what it, what it's done is actually reset that and gone, well, let's focus on what really matters. And that's my mantra. It's like focus on what actually matters. That's it. Well, you know, that's it. And uh, so many things, this is going through my head. So let's see, but I, there's a new documentary that was on Netflix or it's a, a series. I think it's called Connected. I'll have to double look. I might have to put something in the show notes if I misquoted, but they were talking about how they were showing how on social media, how much is tracked. And they had one part, this woman wrote a book about Tinder. Is that the one, that dating one where you swipe? I think yes. that's the first one with yep. the swipe. And they had like 800 pages on her. 800 pages of data because she had requested and there's some things in the terms and condition that you can ask it to and nobody had done that before and she said oh my gosh the information they had on her was so scary right they they they, they knew everything about her more about her and like when she was lonely they actually documented when they thought she was lonely based on how she was using that crazy amounts of 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 data and then 
And so all this is being collected and, and looked upon. And then, like you said, it's this one to many instead of instead of deep. I guess I'm curious how you do it. I've found my tendency towards social media is not to be scrolling through my thread as much anymore. You know, I'll have a few select people that I want to go see what they're saying or something like that. But most of my stuff is direct messaging or me putting a message out. But it's but it's interesting how that's going to change again for marketers, right? If, if more users have that type of thing, because I'm looking for me, the direct messages and the messages are where I go deep, like what you're bringing up here, that's most important to me, but it's totally changed because like to you said, you could get stuck in a thread of something that someone made up and then what, what, what's happened, you know, now you're getting upset about someone's post or different things, which happen all the time, right? Yeah. 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 It's the, so the documentary I think you're mentioning is called The Social Dilemma. Really, I highly recommend that one. It's a great- Yeah, I saw that one. This one's different. Yeah. This is actually okay. called, it's a new, it's this- um, yeah, social dilemma, but there's another one called connected and they actually showed how they're using facial recognition and yes. all it, it goes even deeper right. on one specific sliver. It was one episode. I'll find it. I'll put the link in and we can look at it. But, uh, but I watched social dilemma and that's like, holy cow, crazy causing so much polarization, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And to your question about, you know, how do I sort of handle social media? Like I've gone, I'm like you, I've reduced the scrolling on feeds. Um, and, you know, once in a while I might do, you know, sort of quick scroll. But, but for now, uh, most of my time, I've actually cut back tremendously. Like I've gone down to, you know, I've put a, an app on my phone, which actually blocks once it hits 30 minutes on, on Facebook, like it actually blocks me from ac accessing the app. Can you, can you um, share what app you choose to do that? <laughs> <laughs> um, let me, yeah, let me pull it up. It's, uh, uh, it, it's cause, cause I, I, I just hear got, about these things, but I've never tried it. I do know that it monitors, like I can see on my iPhone, how much time I spend on certain things. And then that can be scary some days. Like what? I spend that much time. What? <laughs> Yeah, the app. Uh, so I'm using Android and it's equivalent for iPhone, I'm sure. It's called Stay Free. Stay um, Free. Yeah. And it basically lets you set uh, rules, right? It says, okay, for these certain tools, I'm, gonna, I'm going to allow 30 minutes, 15 minutes, an hour, whatever it may be. So then it gives you, it literally blocks you. It says, hey, you've reached your capacity for today. Uh, don't do it. So um, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the way I, uh, so one thing is I'm blocking, I'm, at, I'm consciously blocking sort of my social time to make sure I'm focused on, on what I need to be doing. Um, and then secondly, when I'm on, on a Facebook or whatever, I'm actually more ac active in the DMs, but also in groups, right? So I'm not really scrolling feeds. I'm more like I've selected, say, four, four or five groups that I want to be active in and where I you know, identified, okay, these are sort of people who have potential collaborators or, or uh, you know, potential clients, right? So they're kind of the, the, the filters for these groups. Um, and so that's how I spend my time right, with social. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting you bringing up that blocking because I found that, you know, we think of freedom as blowing in the wind, like a some people picture that feather blowing and it's like free, but the reality, as I've seen it now, the more structure I have, the more freedom I have. You know, so for instance, even to this one thing you're bringing up, just having some structure around your social media, you know, might think feel restrictive. It feels like an oxymoron, like oh, you're restricting your life. How's that free? But then when you realize you're not allowing a certain thing to consume your time, then it really is choice, right? And you're choosing how to spend how to spend your, your time. So how, um, does this, you know, maybe even going away from social media or maybe this is part of it, but 
how do you use this same principle structure so that you can have the life you want while you're building your business? Like what's the, the structure that gives you the best service? Yeah, uh, it's a really good point you've made here around sort of structure, which actually is a, a requirement for freedom that I've, I've realized that myself as well over the last few years. And, um, and help in that area has been working. So one of my clients, primary clients is, a, is online account or they're an e-commerce accounting company. So they basically do like bookkeeping and, and financial advisory, these sort of things. Uh, and they're all about systems. Everything is about like, you know, you've got, you work with Vitalia. So, you know, it's like, it's, she's, it's yeah. all about systems, right? Um, and, right. Uh, and so what I've come to realize is, you know, one of my goals is and has been, you know, financial freedom, financial uh, independence. Uh, and to get that, and this is what, you know, my client sh- essentially taught me was people who obtain financial freedom uh, have a system to get there. They, they, they also have discipline to execute on the system um, and it doesn't happen sort of randomly. You get the, of course, you have the lottery winners and we can get into that conversation, but most uh, the statistics show most of those lottery winners lose the money because they don't have the, the systems to actually keep the money, right? So, um, right, right, right. right. Uh, and, and, you know, both you and I have worked with Michelle Masters and, and, and she's all about the money mindset and make sure you fix that and get that right. Um, and that's a system too. Like you got to have a system for your mind as much as you have for your business and, and things you're doing in your life. Um, and so for me, to answer your question, is I've started to build systems around my health. So I've got a fitness regime that I'm going through at the moment. I drink two liters of water every day, make, make sure that I'm hydrated and, and I get you know the fluids from my, my, body, my body. So then I'm feeling the energy uh, to be you know more alive when I'm on, on interviews like this or when I'm talking to people. You know, uh, I don't, the worst thing I want to do is show up you know, with family or someone and be like a zombie. <laughs> like, I don't have energy yeah, yeah. for you, man. Like I'm just dead. So I've got that. And then I've got the business itself. I have, you know, I've got my lead generation system. I've got my you know, sales conversion system and, and those sort of things that we do in marketing. And then uh, in, I talk about my health and in my marriage. So we've actually set up, you know, a fortnightly date day this year. That's one of our things that we work on where we just spend a day together and, and uh, make sure that we invest in our, in our relationship and we have honest conversations and we, uh, you know, do the things that we need to do as a couple uh, and we have our daily routines and those sort of things. So they all sort of play in together. I guess if you could visualize it, it'd be like a Trello board with each part of my life has a, a system to operate that. <laughs> yeah. And it's so crazy. And I've been, you know, accused, like some people saw, cause I do something very similar and they said, wow, you have to plan time with your partner. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, well, how is that? How are you showing your love if you have to do that? And I'm like, well, that's like the highest level. Cause when I didn't do that, you'd like, oh, I could keep working. And then you're like, oh yeah, I was supposed to have dinner with her or whatever, you know, like you, I don't want it to fall off. And so I'm all about planning my fun first and then building my, my business around, around that. So, you know, just for, um, you know, the fact that you have all this and energy, you touched on that too. Like that's bigger. A lot of people think because I'm the freedom guy that, you know, more business, more life, that time is most valuable. But I often say, no, it's actually energy. Cause if you have all the time, but you have no energy, so you're doing all this with your health, you're doing it with your business, you're doing it with your partner. So you can have the, the relationship and you're showing up at your highest self that you can have at this, at this moment. You know, was it always this way or was it, is this, you know, was this, was this an evolution, a revolution? Like, did it change over time? Like, how was it for you that you got to this point, I guess? Yeah, it wasn't always this way. I, it, it, funny saying that considering that my uh, sort of first 
role in corporate uh, was to be, oh, not my first role, but one of my major roles when I was in corporate was to be a, a project manager. And, uh, you know, I was doing business div- uh, improvement projects and these sort of things uh, for a Fortune 500 company. And, you know, I, I would apply these project management methodologies to the business, right? In the work that I was doing, it, it never occurred to me how you could actually take those methodologies and apply it to your personal life. Uh, and and then you could optimize, you know, your, your, li- your life experience. You, you could optimize for energy. You could optimize for sleep. So one of the things I really focused on last year was improving my quality of sleep. So not just how many hours I was getting per night, but, you know, what's the actual quality that you're getting. And, of course, I have an app for that too. And... Uh, <laughs> And it basically just tracks, right? Um, you know, it gives me a report every month or every week. It just says, okay, this is how much sleep you had this week on average. This is the quality. And it gives you a rating score between 1 and 10 of your quality. Um, and, and, that, and it basically knows when you've woken up or you're having um, light sleep or you've had broken sleep, these sort of things. So uh, I make sure that, that I'm tracking that. And I've become almost like a mini Tim Ferriss, you know, like really biohacking, if you will, different elements of, of my life. Uh, I, I've in, Last year, I implemented with the help of an accountant and my wife, who's also has an accounting background, sort of a financial tracker just to track my personal wealth, but also the, the business, obviously the, the, the business profit. And, and so these, these sort of things, uh, I wasn't always, it wasn't always like this, Steve. Uh, it really, you know, the last couple of years, it's become more important to me because I, what I've also realized is the clock's ticking. I had events in my life like my dad's been sick. Uh, he's in, you know, his late 70s going to his 80s and um, just been ill, not able to walk and these sort of things. And uh, literally was in hospital two days ago and, and, and going through something at the moment. But, you know, my mother passed away. Uh, I'm not sure if we spoke about it, but my mother passed away in 2009 uh, at that, you know, young age, 55 years old. And, it, you know, and that was a big wake up, for, wake up call for me. And that's why I, I do attack life, if you will, with, you know, as much vibrance as I can, because I realize, you know, we don't know when the clock is up, like, like literally, you know, you just don't know. And, and there's been stories of 19 year olds who pass away, 17 year olds who, who just, we don't know why they, they, they're gone, uh, gone too soon, you know, and last year, you know, big basketball fans like me will go, yeah, Kobe Bryant, like that was a huge shock. You know, it was like, wow, um, one of our, our heroes and our idols. And that's, you know. Yeah. And one thing I said on that, well, I want you to continue, Anthony, but I, 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 um, I told my, I told my wife and some other people that are close to me, I said, if we're ever like having, you know, private flights, you know, if I look and, uh, I've even seen people close to me and they, they pass away and a lot of them come to bad weather. And that's the same thing with Kobe Ryan. And, you know, you're there and you have a meeting set and pilot is saying, Hey, I don't think it's a good uh, thing to fly. And then because you're the owner and you're, you're the boss, you know, and then they go ahead and choose the fly. So I told everyone in my space and this just, and now I, I haven't said this on the podcast, but if I'm ever at that point and I'm, we're about to get on a helicopter and the pilot's like, Hey, I don't think it's a good time to fly. And I'm like, well, we have to get there. Then I told everyone they have permission to, to slap me and say, no, <laughs> you know, like I don't care where we're going, what meeting we have. If the, if the pilot is saying the weather's not looking good, we're staying on the ground. Um, you know, there's no part of me that's going to be in that much of a hurry to, lose my life because there's many people like uh we're even um you know billy graham didn't live far from where i live right now and he also died in a helicopter going to a meeting and coming back home and the weather was bad and they told him to stay and he wanted to get back home from the meeting and then he passed away so like how fast do you want to get home or do you really really want to get home you know (laughs) that's it that's it you know yeah great point and 
you want to evaluate those decisions. And it, it reminds me of something I learned many, many years ago when I first got into personal development. Um, and, and I was at an event where the, this uh, gentleman stood up sort of, you know, next to me and, and he was sharing how uh, the reason he was there was because he wanted to work less and make his million dollars, whatever it was, so then he can get financial freedom and be there for his son, right? Uh, because he didn't want to be the father that that his dad was to him because when he was growing up, his dad was always working because they were struggling to get by and, and dad was working two jobs and, uh, and he never saw his dad. So he felt, you know, he grew up feeling like, like dad deserted him. But of course, the motivation of the father was, you know, I'm going to do everything I can to give my son the best life. Uh, and then he was basically repeating the pattern. And, and that's what the speaker, the, the, the trainer did was to, to sort of mirror that and say, well, can you see what you're doing now? You, you've, you're becoming your father. Right, so you need to break that cycle, be aware of it, and break the cycle. And, and you know, it's not about working more, right? Because that's not what you actually want. What you actually want is more time with your son. So, create your life so you can do that, right? Yeah. So let's pause real quick and take a break, and we'll be right back. I just want to give a big shout out to Pro Audio Voices. They help me with all of my podcasts. And Becky and her team are just amazing. I've known them for years, even before I started my podcast. And that's why she was my go-to because not only does she help me sound great and produces the podcast so it's easy for me, I can do what I do best. I do the speaking and the interviewing, and then they do all that background work to help get the podcast out there in the right way with the highest quality. But on top of that, what makes it most critical to me, for those of you that know me, wow clients are important, wow relationships are important, and working with Becky and her team is definitely wow. I get an amazing experience. I get to work with amazing people. A lot of love and hugs. Let's put it that way. So if you want to work with great people and you want to get a podcast out and you want to let go of all the technology and the way that it's recorded so you can do what you do best, then you definitely want to get a hold of Pro Audio Voices. And it's ProAudioVoices.com and you'll be able to reach Becky and her team and be able to let go of all that stuff so you can do what you do best and then delegate the rest. That's exactly. I was about to say until you said the two jobs. My dad didn't have two jobs, but he had like one big old career. But I was going to say, was it me that stood up? Because <laughs> that was that, that was me. And I always say it was like I was digging a hole to get out. Like I didn't want to be like my dad. But then you're digging a hole. It gets deeper. It doesn't get out. You need to put the shovel down and get a ladder. You got to do something different. You know, is what I'm what I'm what I'm hearing you say. And that's what you're doing. You're doing a whole lot of things different, you know, things that we don't think, like you said, taking your project management skills and applying that to your whole life because they're really smart, right? Like if we're, you know, what's that saying? What's measured can be improved. Yeah. And if you're not measuring it, then how can you improve it? So we can do that in our health. We can do that in our, in our life. So, so, so amazing. So prior to starting to track this in your own life, you were not necessarily seeing the results that you are now, but now by tracking it, you can see the improvement in your life. What's it been like now noticing, you know, where I guess you probably notice places to celebrate and then you probably notice places to work on, right? Is that like, what, how would you describe that? Yeah, absolutely. Like one, one of the key components to this is I, I'm, you know, a big fan of mastermind groups. I know you run, you're on your own and you've got um, really amazing people in there. Uh, and I'm part of a mastermind group here and we do a quarterly ref reflection, you know, what's your goal for the quarter? Uh, kind of, they operate kind of like 90 day sprints. Um, and then, yep. you know, uh, then we do an annual review and look back and look forward. And for me, it, it's been, you know, last year I gained about 10 kilos, uh, because of just lockdown. I, I can make all the excuses in the world, but I was going through things right. like depression and I was going through trying to deal with my life 
in this new environment and, you know, not networking and meeting people and all these sort of things. And a lot of stress that I was internalizing. And for me, when I stress, I eat. And I say, my wife knows that. <laughs> um, and so uh, it, it's, it's one thing I really worked on was, okay, well, I need to get the financial, the money mindset stuff sorted out. I need to work through that. And so we put together a, um, a system for personal finances, uh, did that a couple of years ago with the help of my wife. And then uh, last year we saw the result of that. So last year we saw, you know, even though I was earning less um, comparative to the year before because of things that happened due to the pandemic, I actually saved more money. And actually in December, I, uh, or was it a few weeks ago, I actually negotiated. So I have a, had a personal debt that's been, that's been standing for about five years um, with one of the, the, the lenders. Uh, and so I actually negotiated half of that down and I'm two months away from paying it off completely, right? So um, we're talking about like in the tens of thousands of money, right, of dollars. Uh, and, yeah. and that's because I put a system in place. If, if I didn't put a system that, immediately forced me to take money from income coming in, allocating it to paying off that debt, uh, it wouldn't have happened, right? And so uh, that's just one example. Another example is I started fasting two years ago, um, doing intermittent fasting. So 16, the, the protocol is 16 hours, uh, five days a week. And then I have two days where I'm doing, currently I'm doing 14 hours on the weekends. And that's helped me to actually improve my sleep quality, which ties back to what I was saying earlier about sleep. Uh, and so I've then now, because I'm sleeping better, uh, I'm feeling much more, I've got what they call, you know, removing the mental fog. So when I'm actually at, at work and I'm trying to think of campaigns or I'm trying to think of, you know, solutions to problems, I have much stronger clarity of thought. Uh, and therefore, I'm actually to, uh, more productive when I'm actually on at, at the office, you know, whereas last, you know, prior to that, I'd work for eight hours or 10 hours a day, but realistically, you know, maybe 20% of that time was productive. Right. Uh, and now I'll work four hours a day, but I'm getting stuff done. Like it's actually things are moving, you know? That's so, so beautiful. I'm curious about the sleep and, and that leads to this productivity. You know, I've seen so often, you know, just, you know, focusing on the amount of sleep you're getting. And I can notice some things about myself. Like if I eat too close to bed, then I, then that I typically wake up in the middle of the night or, you know, definitely. So I just small things. And I think it's probably different for everyone, but how, when you got that data from sleep, like what, what, and I know it might be just for you, but just so uh, other listeners can get an idea what were the things that you changed and how did the impact, how did you see the impact in your sleep? And, and maybe even how did you know, like, you know, maybe share a little bit more about that. So with sleep, it's, it's all about quality. And I know like the biohackers, like Tim Ferriss and others who will talk about, and there's a guy I follow, I don't know if you know him personally, um, Alex Sharfin, um, he's got the Momentum podcast and he, okay. he's a big advocate of two things. One, drinking water, um, hydration, and the second one is sleep, right? And so, and I've got another, uh, one of my mentors here is a guy by the name of James Shramko who runs superfastbusiness.com and he's all about the sleep. He, he's, he, uh, you know, and there's a lot of research that talks about just, you know, that is our superpower and we don't realize it because we, we kind of sort of go through this, you know, uh, operate at full, full capacity or even beyond full capacity and you're stretching yourself and, you, and you're going hard and then um, what the one thing that, that you neglect is often sleep, right? And so... Uh, and then there's, you know, the scientists will tell you that you have what's called sleep deprivation and there's a, you have a sleep bank. And we have this myth that if I say I sleep four hours a night throughout the weekdays, then I can sleep in on the weekend and I can catch up. Um, that actually never happens. Biologically, we cannot recover lost sleep, right? Um, and so, 
you know, when you go around and you, people, you see people at, you know, at network <laughs> events and they've got the baggy eyes or on a Zoom calls and, and you know you haven't, they haven't slept properly, it, it actually affects your mental capacity. So your brain, you know, actually needs to rest in order to recover. And, and for those of you who are listening who are gym junkies, you know that, that your time, your body grows, not when you're pumping the weights, it's actually when you break and you rest right? And that's when your body actually, your muscles expand, right? So the brain has the same function. It expands in, re in rest, right? So um, that's why dreaming is a big thing. I don't know if you have any dream experts on the show yet, Steve, but that'd be a fascinating conversation because a lot of our processing happens during our sleep in, in, the dream in a dream world. Uh, and so one of the couple of the behavior changes I've, I've implemented as a result of tracking is to, for example, shut off my devices at least an hour before I go to bed. Right. So I used to sleep like literally I'm looking at my email or my social media, you know, one minute before I go to bed. Right. Um, and now right, what I've right. done is gone, no, at least 30 minutes to an hour before I sleep, I'm shutting it off. You know, and I'm now I'm feeling it. I actually feel when I'm feeling like it's time to start, you know, the wind down, if you will. And my brain, my eyes start to hurt if I look at a screen. Right. So my body's actually reacting uh, and saying, okay, no, yeah. you should not be looking at a screen right now. All right. Um, the other thing I implemented is a, a tool on my MacBook, which is called F.Lux, L-U-X. And what it does, it actually, when it, it, it gets to a certain time in the day, like in the evening, it actually changes your screen. So it, it uh, reduces the amount of LED light coming into your eyes. Uh, so it actually helps you sleep. Right. So that's another one. And then in terms of wake up, I'm waking up, I'm finding that I'm waking up naturally now around 5 a.m. And, and a year ago, that wasn't the case. It's just become like I'm getting full rest. I'm, I'm not getting eight hours. Right. So a lot of people will say you have to sleep eight hours a day or whatever it is. Um, I'm averaging around six, five to six hours per night, but I'm feeling the quality, you know, is much better. I'm starting to dream again. I have it like for two years, Steve, I didn't have, I couldn't recall one dream. Right. Um, and now it's like, wow, I actually feel like get up and go, I, I felt like I, I can recall some of that dream, dreaming. And now that I, I just feel a lot better and I feel alive and I, I want to get up and do my, my workout. Right. So that, that then has a positive impact on my workouts. So I've been very consistent over the last month with just daily workouts. It's so beautiful. And it, and it goes back, you know, to so many things. The point I was like that you fact that you measured this and you started tracking and then our body becomes more sensitive or you're become aware of it. I think the sensitivity is probably always there, but now you become aware. It's like that starting and stopping. Like how many times in our life do we notice something that was good or bad based on when it stops? Like you might have the same thing. And then all of a sudden something breaks that routine. Like you run out of a certain product or something happens. And then you're like, wow, I feel better. What is it? Oh, it's that one thing I'm not using. You know, so it's so interesting for you to bring that up. And I do believe in this quality and, and even getting sleep, you know, so many entrepreneurs, they say, Oh, I'll sleep when I die, you know, sleep is for losers. I mean, people actually say this and they, they live by that. And I did for a period of time following that, you know, run, growing up in Silicon Valley here in California, it's like, go, go, go. And people would, you know, do these things. And you're right. You, you can notice it and it does wear on your body to the point where you uh, collapse and just and I and I did all of that, and um, and now looking at it, 
Um, there's studies that, uh, you know, they're even noticing car accidents, people that get less than six hours of sleep, but they're still looking at the quantity, but I guess it's probably like a default. Cause if you're at least getting more than maybe you're hoping you get more qu- quality, but I think I love this idea of the, the quality I try to, I, for me, it's been seven and a half hours yeah. that I, that I like to get. That's, uh, been ideal for me, but then also the quality is going is going up because I do the same thing. I I, I try to uh, ditch my devices even more than than an hour, um, and then even at night I, I used to do the same thing. I would like either even if I was reading eBooks or doing different things, even if it was productive, I was still looking at a screen. And so now I actually, if I want to read before bed. I get a book and then what I found even more is to read fiction. So if I want to read like a business book, I don't, I want to get my mind off that. So I even uh, read fiction now because then I'm into a story right before I, I sleep and it, it has totally made a difference. And even the water, you brought those correlation to the water and sleep. Water has helped my sleep too. The more hydrated I am, the better I sleep. And then being away from those screens, I think, you know, the circadian rhythm, yes. you know, bringing that, you know, it, it, it affects us more than we think. And if you really think about it, it's only been in the last, like, I don't even want to say 120 years, but if you look at the early 1900s, that's when light started coming in. Before that, everyone was still most families, unless they're really wealthy at that period of that turn of the century they were still using candles. And so you, especially depending on how much wealth you had, you would, that's why you would put the candle out because like how many candles do you want to buy? Right. So like that, it, only the, the, the people that were more wealthy would have light during the night. But I wonder, you know, I think we're just now realizing how much we've affected ourselves by all this light, because now you could stay up all night because we could turn lights on and most people can afford to have electricity now. Like even in the world, I think we're beyond like 80% of the world. Like they no problem can have light. So all this maturity of wealth has happened. But coming back to your point, how much are we affecting ourselves? Because prior to that, when it got dark, you wouldn't do much. You would, you know, kind of wrap up the evening and then find yourself whining in bed. Your stories, you know, connect with the people that are with you. <laughs> that's, that's it. You would tell some stories, everyone that that's that uh, fiction part, or it could be nonfiction. Like, Oh, let me tell you what happened to me last week. And then you wind uh, down, go to bed. And then, you know, camping helps me too. Like, I don't know if it helps you, but like, you know, that's where I think the grounding comes in. But I find myself, like you said, I feel fully rested when I'm, when I am camping and you don't have as much light, probably because I'm abiding to my circadian rhythm more. I'm going to bed and then I, I wake up. I love seeing sunrises, especially like when you're in a tent or you're close to the ground. And I know like so many people out there, like maybe that's not their thing, but you know, I just, I just think that part of us in civilization, right? Where we are, we, we've gone a little too far away from nature. And I think that's causing some of these dilemmas that we're talking about. Yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, a lot of research around, uh, I love that you talked about camping because that's about getting out into nature and, and really connecting uh, in that space. And for me, I don't go camping so much. It's more around like literally 10 minutes down the road from here, there's there's the bay, right? And so when I cycle, so I will jump on the bike and I love to get out and cycle around in, in the, in, along the bay um, next to the water. I feel particularly in the morning or, or in the sunset, they're the best times for me to do it because I'm connecting to you know th- this gift that we have. Uh, and it actually reminds me, particularly in the morning, when I get up on the balcony and I do my you know yoga or stretches or whatever, it 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 literally gives me that gratitude. I know you love talking about gratitude, and for me, that's when I go, 
wow, I'm so much, I'm big, I'm really a part of this amazing universe. And, and you feel that when, when you're looking at the, the, the sun coming up or going down. And also when you're standing, you know, this is what I loved about being in Manly with you was getting down to the beach every day um, and just literally putting my feet in the water or putting my head under the water and being feeling like I'm this one piece within this expanding universe, right? Because when you're in, in, in inside water, that's, that's the feeling. And uh, so it's just reconnecting to that, that part of us that, you know, it's innate to us. It's always, we're no different and no, you know, we're not disconnected from the earth and, and our surrounding environments. And that does a, so that also ties to the sleep thing is um, making sure that you have regular exercise. So when you move your body, you know, and this is why Fitbit and those sort of apps recommend a 10,000 steps minimum per day, uh, because that actually, the science actually shows that actually helps your sleep, right? When you, when you can actually do at least 30 minutes of exercise per day. It's so amazing. Like many years ago, like over a decade ago, I met this doctor and I was working with him and I was helping with marketing as you and I do, Anthony. And I, and then, but I learned a lot from him. He was talking about how people could be super healthy. They work out every day and they eat right. And then they die of a heart attack and it comes back to the mindfulness as well. So it really is that triad of our mental, which you brought up, our, our mindset, our mental wellness, our physical movement, and what we put in our body, whether that's you know the right amount of hydration and the food. And this all comes back to that word that you brought up at the beginning of the, the podcast, energy, because ultimately we're energetic beings. And if we want to op- optimally live, it's interesting how we all end up on these same conversations, right? Because that, that are focused on this. We're, we're being mindful of the way that we want to live. And like you said, to show up for uh, friends and to, to show up for your partner and you don't want to be at work and burn out. And then you come home and if you're going anywhere these days, a lot of <laughs> us are home. So you finish, you hang up from that Zoom call and then you have no energy left for your partner for the rest of the night. Like, you know, then is that how we want, we want to, to live? So I'm curious, you know, out of all this, we've touched on so many different things. The thing that allows you to have continue, and I'm so and congratulations on growing your your wealth and paying off your debt and all those things that are happening. So while you're creating this abundance financially in your life and creating this work, and then being able to have the life you want and to travel, and I've seen all these pictures of you and your wife traveling and like you said, getting out and seeing those sunrises. For for those listening, like what would you say is if you could pick one thing, if like if you're only talking to someone and they were like, Hey, Anthony, how you're always enjoying life and you have this level of energy that I don't have. How do you create that more business and more life? What would be one suggestion that allows you to create both at the same time out of all the experiences you've had? So I'm going to share a tip that I learned from a mentor many years ago, uh, which is we often look at, and you mentioned this earlier in the conversation was we often look at time as the, the, the metric where we're looking at, you know, how much time can I optimize for to be productive? And, and, and how do we measure that? We, we usually look at our calendars, right? So we pull out, pull out the calendar or Google calendar, whatever you're using. And then you go, how many meetings am I having this week? How you know, what's going on? Uh, the tip that I got from this particular mentor was optimize for, t- for energy. Okay, so look at your calendar and then work out, right? If you have, you know, 10 things blocked this week, right? Of each, go through each one of those things and then identify, does it give you energy or does it take away energy, right? Uh, and then then if you're, you know, more take energy is being taken away each week, then you know, and that's probably why you're depressed, right? That's probably why you feel drained all the time and you don't want to do the business or do your job or you don't want to, you know, commit to your relationship or, or, or your kids or whatever it is. So what you need to do is flip the script and go, okay, well, how can I replace that 
with something that gives me energy, right? And it could be that you have a negative client. You might have a client that you're doing it for the money, uh, and we've all been through that, right? And, and and it's the wrong client. Like you just know this is the wrong client. You know, if I only had, you know, the uh, what do you call it, Steve? The, the, the winning client, the, the, the wow, wow client, client, right? So if wow. I only had the wow client, right? I could spend a whole day with them. It doesn't matter because they're giving me energy, right? Uh, and, and therefore, that actually increases my capacity to give more, to love more, to do more, right? Uh, to inspire more. And so that's my tip would be what I was taught was look at your calendar and actually look at what's giving you energy and what's taking away energy. And your objective is to reduce the, the amount of things that are taking away energy. That's so beautiful, brother. I I love that. And I'm so... Glad that you took it to that because I that's where I do talk about wow team and wow clients. So we are so in alignment. I always say it's like having your phone. I'm like, oh yeah, I put my phone as a timer over here and it's on airplane mode. So that's why I was like, where is my <laughs> phone? But uh, it's that, you know, like imagine having uh, in Australia, you call it the torch, right? You have the torch on and your phone battery is just draining while you're using it. Or are you plugged in? Is your phone plugged in? And so, you know, does it lift your energy or does it deplete your energy? And that's where then, uh, you know, then we start looking at how do we get those things off of our calendar because it's draining your life. And you know, the thing that I found funny, and I don't know your take on this, Anthony, but I found that, you know, when you, uh, when you, you, we hold on to those things and we say, once I have a new client, then I'll let go of this client. But I found I had to actually let go of that client to have the new client. Because again, it comes back to the energetic space that we only have so much. And well, that's, it's taking up that space. We have to let go of that, release it before the new can come in. And that can be scary, but, uh, was that the case for you? And how did you overcome that? Like letting go of that, 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 energy that was taking away from you yeah there's a uh, something I, uh, someone said to me years ago was you know whatever you're you feel like you're missing in your life go and give that away in abundance first right and and so like I was, there was a time when i was just moved over to canada and i was there you know uh, um and didn't know had no network didn't know anybody complete stranger feeling very lonely it was in the winter minus 20 degrees snowing all day every day and and I, I remember that friend saying that to me and I said, okay, what I need to do is go out and actually give love to people. I need to connect and, and be the connector rather than wait, right? Because I had all the excuses in the world. I'm not going to go out, right? Uh, but I actually made the commitment. I found some forum online or couch surfing, if anyone remembers what that was. Uh, and so we actually went out to a meetup, brave the, the, the you know, the streetcars breaking down and all these sort of things. <laughs> and, and I got there and uh, it, was, it changed my life. That, that conversation, that four people that I met that day, we ended up a week later standing out in front of a shopping mall um, with a sign that said free hugs. And we hugged like 60 strangers in the snow and just really gave that, that, that you know, warmth and connection to people. And, and that reciprocated. And my, my, like, I felt I was filled up. And then I then was able to actually go and develop my, build my network and, and friendships and these sort of things. So uh, a long, long answer to your question, Steve, but I think the, the point I'm trying to make is, yeah, it, it's, it, it's really about understanding what is it that, that you need and if you're feeling like 
you've got the wrong client at this point in time for whatever reason or the wrong partner or the wrong, you know, you're in the wrong city, right? Then, then you need to really evaluate that and think about, okay, creating that space. What do I need to do to create that space to attract what I want? And whether you believe in law of attraction or not, I, I, you know, that, that's your thing. But for me, I, I do resonate with this concept of freeing up the space. And, and I re- recently, my wife and I watched um, the, the Marie Kondo document uh, series on, on Netflix. Uh, and she's all about clearing, you know, your physical stuff, yeah. right? To make way yeah. for the goodness to come into your life. Uh, and then guess what? Her latest book is about how do you do that with your relationships and how do you do that in your life beyond the material? Of course. Right? Um, because it's a deep philosophy, you know, and, and, and through, you know, through her, her, uh, religious beliefs that's where it comes from but it, it, it works man like it's the same thing i had to let go of the terrible client in order for the good the great client to come along and i had to feel that it's yeah, i had uh, to feel that i deserved it which is where i you know met people like you and jeff and, and michelle to work on that stuff to go okay i actually do deserve to have the great client right right it's so many layers and you know even that comes back to the mirroring universe so your idea of going and giving hugs and going out and giving that because then you're not sitting in your self-pity in a way you know like so it's a mechanism because if you're sitting there saying oh i don't have anybody to hug me i don't have anybody to hug me you can go out and give hugs and then feel that expression and then you're telling your mindset that subconscious you're feeding it this emotion and then it just becomes more and more and it starts to perpetuate and then now it's just coming your way so uh, it goes back to that client that is not wow the one that's taking away from you and lowering your energy you're just saying okay so you're kind of just allowing that to be in your life ultimately i think everything we're just talking about is choice i mean you could have chose to sat in that but you chose to do something about it get up and go give uh, 60 people in the snow hugs. That's it. You know, like, yeah, well done, brother. I mean, and, you know, and, and, you know, it's, um, when you break it down, it really is simple things, but it's you taking the course of action that allows you to have, have that. And then you know, like that deserving part comes in, you know, it's just, just, you know, and that's another thing that works with what you're saying. Just go give what you would like because then you don't even have to uh, deem yourself deserved because like, you're not going to say, who am I to give these hugs away? I mean, maybe, I mean, then that's a whole deeper conversation, but at least you feel like, oh, I can give them a hug because they deserve it. Right. Or whatever you're giving them that hug. And then over time, you're going to start to overcome your deserving of it as well. So there's so many layers in what you just said, brother. It's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, it, it's it's really powerful. Uh, and there's a whole, <laughs> uh, probably another another conversation around just the power of hugs. And and uh, I mean, I know you know them because you give amazing hugs. Um, uh, it, it's it's uh, you know uh, there's a great quote quote from Virginia Virginia Satir, who was a family psychologist back in the day, psychotherapist, and uh, she she talked about. I'm just going to pull it up because I think it's a good one to to kind of wrap up with if you want to go there. Um, yeah, yeah, no, this is perfect yeah, timing. She basically said, "Who?" And she's the one that started Bert Hellinger, which did all the family constellation work, which I'm well aware of. So pr- beautiful to bring her up. Okay, so what's the quote? Right. So she said, "You know, she studied like like human dynamics and these sort of things, uh, and she's and what she discovered was we need four hugs a day for survival, we need eight hugs a day for maintenance, and we need twelve hugs a day for growth." Wow. So four for survival, eight for maintenance is that what you said and then 12 for growth so if you imagine if we every one of us you know with our kids we can start with our own families but then if we expand expand that to our neighbors and to our communities right and we all just like where is the space 
for depression, anxiety, all these sort of things that we're literally now, I'm not going to go into a whole rant about the pandemic and, and what that's doing to us, but you know, when we social distance and we isolate, right, it's breaking that, right? It's breaking our connectivity. Uh, and, and that's why there are more divorces happening now. A lot of couples are actually breaking up because of being locked in lockdown together, you know, social media is taking off, but then there's all these issues going on. I'm not going to get, that's a whole other rant I'm going <laughs> to, I don't want to get into. Well, it is. Right. We can, we can, we can do a whole nother. I know it's like dropping a bomb right before we go off the, off this, off this great podcast. And it, but it is a great point. And I do know what you mean. And I think we, you know, yes, we're truncating this. It's so big. I can feel your energy. It's like, oh my gosh, we could spend another hour just talking about this. But I do know that isolation they look at prisoners that were put in isolation you know that uh solitary confinement it's the hardest to recover if at all yeah. that like that, that that's and there was some study at a university and i forget which one it was in the united states here they took uh kids and within one they put them in isolation and in less than a week i want to say it was even like four days they could already see through the questions they're asking them, their their depression starting to set in. So in less than seven days, just being alone, and these were people that were very social and and part of it. What happens? And so you know, I'm I'm with you, and we're not, we are as humans, we are social creatures, and and we're meant to be in packs and to be in groups. And so just you know, I guess you know, just in all of this, if we were to you know, just reflecting on what you shared with us today, it's like you know, just you know, where, what lifts you up? So, you know, I'm just going to do a couple points. Like what lifts you up? What adds energy to your life? Who, and it goes back to what yeah. we first started with, who are you spending time with? Are they lifting you up or, or taking you down? How are you bringing that energy in? And then how are you feeding your body? How are you sleeping? Are you drinking enough water? All these things, you brought it all back to, to energy. And then even in this Virginia Satir quote, it comes back to this energy of us in our connectivity how, how we're giving hugs and how is that lifting us up? So what a beautiful uh, thing. And who would have known? Because when I come on these podcasts, I just know we're going to talk about more business and more life. And, and then I never know where they're going to go. But it's all what we just talked about, Anthony, that does bring more business and more life. Because when you have more energy and you fill yourself up, you're going to have more in, in all areas of your life. 100%. Thank you so much for the opportunity, brother. I love jamming with you, man. And <laughs> this is a lot of fun. It's so beautiful. Thank you so much for being on. And I'm, uh, if people want to follow you, because I know, I mean, actually community is your thing, like helping people create content and then exposing what they do through great, amazing case studies. How can, some, how can people find you? What's the best way for them to, uh, to connect with you? Yeah, so I've got a, a, a two places. One, you can go to my website, which is uh, simplecreativemarketing.com. Uh, and then you can also go to my Facebook group, which is called Authentic Influence. Um, so if you go there, that's that's where I'm bringing cool people uh, together. And then that's where we kind of have these, these conversations. So beautiful, brother. Yeah, so we, we can put that in the notes too. Uh, as we put this out there so people can find you, uh, just a man that brings joy to other people's lives. That's how I think of you brother. So, uh, it's a pleasure to have this conversation and I look forward to future conversations as well. For sure. Thank you so much. Namaste. My beautiful. And so thanks everyone for listening in. I love to see, you know, what you thought of this, what were your aha moments from this conversation? What questions do you have? And uh, also remember, as always, choose gratitude and create freedom. We'll see you on the next episode. 
Thanks for listening to the More Business, More Life podcast. I hope you got value. And if you did, we have so many more things for you at stevenoplaton.com. You'll be able to connect with us on social media. We are active. You can ask us questions. And then on top of that, I want to give you a really big gift. And it truly is. We want to give so much value. We have an offering. It's a program called Clear Path to Customers. It's the same way that we attract wow clients and only working with the right people, the people we want to. And it's transformed my business into millions more in revenue with the right people and my clients. And we're doing it absolutely free. So you can go to stevenopolitan.com and grab that. You just got to put in your information. We'll send it to you promptly. And that again is on stevenopolitan.com. I look forward to having you on the next show. Until then, remember, choose gratitude and create freedom. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.